Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. And welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman, and we're all here. Good morning, Kirk. Kirk Waltz, Captain Kirk Waltz, uh, one of the best fishermen that there is in all of North Florida. Well, <laughs> that's that's really nice of you. I don't know about all that. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. And the other captain, uh, Kevin Favor. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? I'm doing good. You know, we all, you know, you guys fish for a living mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy the woods. Mm-hmm. That's right. Know? And uh, me, I, I, you know, do football for a living so that I can enjoy the outdoors. So we, right. all, we all have something that we love, and then we all have something else that we really love. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all got to kind of commit to things. Well, I, I think that, that the fishing in the United States is certainly a, a broad range, and you could make an argument how many fishermen across the country are really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roland Martin, Hank Parker, who we've had on the show. That's right. Uh, Jimmy Houston. Oh, uh, Babe Winkleman. Babe Winkleman, yep. who we've had on. I mean, he's a phenomenal fisherman in, in his area. That's right. Uh, but I, you could probably make a, make an argument as far as who is the number one fisherman in the world. The number one maybe, seed. Maybe on the planet. Yeah. You know? I don't think there's much of an argument right now, is there? Probably not. Yeah. And, and what we're getting at is, you know, the Bassmasters fishing series mm-hmm. has become worldwide. I mean, you've got anglers from... Uh, Japan. Asia, you've yep. got uh, Middle East yeah. from Europe. I mean, they're they're from all over. That's right. And there's one guy that just continues to dominate the Bassmasters Trail and everything else that he participates in, uh, and that's Kevin Van Dam. And and if you look at some of his past uh, achievements, I mean, they're unbelievable. Four Bassmaster Classic titles in 01, 05, 2010, and 2011. How about that? That's awesome. Seven-time, uh, I guess they have sponsors yeah. for that. Kirk, Kirk's Tundra. right there with him. Kirkus? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's <laughs> the, the seventh-time angler of the year, and that's 92, 96, 99, 08, 09, 010, and uh, 011. Nice. It's unbelievable. And, and without further ado, let's welcome in our very special guest, the number one angler maybe in the world, Mr. Kevin Van Dam. Kevin, welcome to the show. How we doing this morning, guys? Hey, good, thanks, good morning. thanks for taking the time, and good morning. And, and you know, this time of year, uh, I think that the biggest question that we have is, is because I don't know the exact schedule with, with bass fishing. Is it like NASCAR and that now things are starting to wind down for you in the tournament trail? Yeah, the, you know, the, the regular tournament season is over for sure, and, um, you know, we're doing some different specialty events and things like that but this is the time of year where i I end up doing a lot of of television shows and promotional work and things like that's really one of my favorite times of the year to be fishing yeah we had had the conversation earlier about how this time of year you kind of in a little bit of a quandary do you do you fish do you hunt (laughs) you know or or do you watch football because i mean this is the time of year you know and and so for you it's a little bit everything isn't it uh, I do it all, man. I'm I'm going to the Lions game tomorrow. Uh, 
I'm going, leaving for Kansas for an early muzzleloader nice. on Monday, <laughs> and I just got back from a smallmouth trip up north. So um, you know, I'm, it's uh, it's a busy, busy time of the year for me, and but I do get to do a few fun things too. Uh, Kevin, where do you hunt out in Kansas? Because I, I do a Kansas trip every year. Um, actually, this year I'm going with some of the Bass Pro guys uh, out to Ashland uh, again for that early muzzleloader season. But I do have a lease out there too, kind of in South Central Kansas. Um, you know, it's a pretty special place. I, I, I'm a pretty fanatical, uh, whitetail hunter too. And for the last few, last few years, I've, uh, I've tried to make it one, you know, one fantasy trip a year. And I've, I've been to Kansas a few times. So it's just one of those places that, you know, if you want a chance at a true giant whitetail, there's not a bad place in the whole state. Yeah. I, I, I hunt in Dodge City, which I guess is, is south, yeah. southwest, you know, and, and it's, I've been trying to get these guys out there for the last several years because, like you said, it's, it's unbelievable. It, I, I, it's phenomenal. Before Sorry. we get into deer hunting, yeah. we're, we're okay. definitely going to talk some deer hunting with Kevin. <laughs> How, how'd your year go, Kevin, on the, on the bass trail? Uh, I, I really had a really good year. You know, I started out, um, with, we started out with a Bassmasters Classic, uh, and that was down in New Orleans, and I won that, and, and you know, I had a pretty pretty solid season. I never won a regular season event. I ended up all second in one, but I ended up at the end winning Angler of the Year again. So I mean, you, it's pretty hard to pretty hard to top in that sense. I can't complain a whole lot. Well, Kevin, I was reading your bio, and 223 Bassmaster events, and you won 20. Mm. Wow! <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tremendous number, and really, I mean. You're you're kind of setting the legend, kind of as you go. I mean, that's a tremendous number. Well, not only that, but you placed the top ten, amazing, ninety-one times out of that in the top. Yeah, 10. I, I I'm pretty <laughs> pretty passionate about it, and uh, and definitely a competitive person. So it's uh, you know it's it's what I love to do, and you know it, it's not necessarily catching the fish to me. That's the fun. It's it's what it's figuring out what it takes on every given day with the weather and the wind conditions and pressure and the seasonal patterns. Uh, that's what I really enjoy about it. And, uh, you know, against the, the the guys that we fish against now, I mean, the level of competition is so high. You you have to be really uh, committed to it, and uh, you, you have to, I think, truly love it to, to be able to, to put that kind of effort in. Because for me, it's a, you know, it's a 365-day-a-year job. Yeah, I would think that you brought up about how competitive it is. I mean, you look at professional golf. I mean, there's golfers all over the world, and there's different tournament trails that the pro golfers have. Bass fishing is no different. I mean, you have local clubs. You have different organizations that have tournaments. I mean, really, in the professional profession of bass fishing, it really is. I mean, how many professional anglers are there, Kevin, you know, approximately in the country? Not to mention not only this country, but other countries. Well, you know, on the Elite Series, there's 100 guys, but, again, there's several other tours and that. I mean, there's... You know, there's probably 500 guys that fish at at a professional level, um, just just in the, in, in wow. our country, and then, you know, internationally, you know, Japan and and Europe, uh, Canada, even Mexico. So, it, it it's bass fishing's a a big deal uh, worldwide. You know, as far as competitive fishing goes, it's by far the biggest biggest sport out there. How, how did you get started? I mean, as a kid, you know, I grew up saying I wanted to play professional football. You know, I knew what professional football was. I think everybody did when they were, you know, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you know. Yeah. But but when you were growing up, was bass fishing a big enough of a, of a draw for you that you grew up saying, I want to be a bass pro fisherman? Uh, you know what? I never did. I, I mean, I grew up, um, 
watching the Bassmasters and watching, you know, some of the legends of the of the sport. But when I was doing, you know, when I was at that level, it wasn't that I wanted to make it out of a career. I just wanted to fish. And, you know, I got into tournaments and, um, you know, I really, really enjoyed that. And I kind of started working my way up the ladder. And even when I started fishing, um, when I fished my first professional level event, it wasn't that I was thinking, you know, that, hey, this is how I want to make my career. I just, at that time, I just wanted to see, you know, how good these, these guys were, you know, I mean, back then it was, you know, Hank Parker and Rick Klon and Larry Nixon and Roland Martin and, you know, <laughs> those guys, Danny Brower, they were, they were the guys on top. And, and I just, you know, wanted to just see how, how good they really were. And, and so that's how I started out. And it, it just quickly turned into uh, something a lot more than that for me. So, so you grow up in Michigan bass fishing you know, in Michigan, you've got largemouth and you've got smallmouth. And where I grew up in Virginia, we had largemouth and we had smallmouth, you know, so I could do both. To me, smallmouth was it. I mean, a real strong fighting fish, more so than a largemouth. What was it for you? Because you had the ability to do both. Yeah, it, it's the same. To this day, I mean, smallmouth are, are what I truly love. And, and I've got, uh, you know, I've got, the opportunity to fish for a lot of different species and do a lot of different things and, and fish for bass all over the country. And to me, fishing up here in the Great Lakes where we, where we got these big ones, it just, there's just nothing better. I mean, it's the way they bite and fight and, 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 you know, it's, they're just special. Well, in, in part of learning how to fish as a, as a bass pro, I mean, you've got uh, potential sponsors knocking on your door, I mean, day in and day out. And a lot of hopefully. guys, yeah, yeah, hopefully. And, and, and a lot of guys that, that like to just fish, you know, and not necessarily competitive, they just like to fish. How, what, what tips could you give some of these anglers to catch more fish as far as here we are in the fall? What's your bait of choice? What kind of a pattern do you really focus in on? And, and, and the techniques at this time of year? Well, the biggest thing about um, the fall is, you know, I mean, or really any time of the year, is you really got to concentrate on the forage in the system that you're fishing, you know. And it, it just, you know, it depends on where you live. And, and where I live here in Michigan, you can go from one lake to another that's only 10 minutes away, and there's a whole different forage base. In one lake, it might be perch. and the next lake, you know, that might be crawfish. and the next lake, it's, you know, uh, wives or shad, things like that. But Around the country, most of the the fisheries, you know, really the bass are going to be focusing on bait fish in the fall and, and primarily shad. So you really, you know, want to follow the shad. And, and they're moving, um, you know, back into the creeks and things like that. They're moving they're moving shallow again. The water temperatures are cooling down. The bass know it's time to feed up to kind of get prepared for winter. And, um, you know, so it, it's all about finding the bait this time of year. Well, and folks, we're talking with maybe the, the, the pinnacle of professional bass fishing, and that's Kevin Van Dam. And Kevin, this time of year, you, you said that you're doing a lot of TV shows. You're bouncing around the country with sponsorships and stuff. If you had, and we, we asked this question, we've asked this of Hank Parker, we've asked this of many of our guests. If you could fish, since you're a pro bass fisher, if you could fish one place in the country, where would it be and what time of year? And what bait would you have in your hand? <laughs> mm. Oh man, that's a toughie. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I just I really love it up up north here, and I think um, day in day out through the whole fishing season here in the north. Because I mean, you know, we do 
we do have winter where it's ice on the lakes and things like that where you you can't fish but um you know from from may till the ice comes on here in november lake st Clair has got to be the greatest smallmouth lake there is i mean there's just no off time there where where you can't catch them um you know so it, it's a pretty special place it's got a lot of big fish and there you know again there's a lot of baits that you can catch them on my favorite to catch smallmouth with is, is throwing a spinnerbait. I mean, if I could pick the way I wanted to catch them, it'd be throwing a big spinnerbait because when they crunch it, I mean, it's there's just it's not like any other bite you get. I mean, they just hit so hard and it's so they're so strong that it, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I actually just got back uh, from taking the new owners of, of BASS. Uh, they they came up to Michigan and fished with uh, a friend of mine, Mark Zona, the guy, he's the commentator for the Bassmasters. And he's as and, good as there is. Yeah, and we, we love, you know, we both are just fanatical smallmouth guys. And and um, Don Logan, and, and he's from Birmingham, and Jerry McKinnis is, is from Arkansas. And both of them have, you know, got to smallmouth fish a fair bit. But it, it's pretty special up north, you know, in northern Michigan this time of year. The fish are really feeding up and we had two days where the wind blew like 25 mile an hour. And normally, you know, we, we catch them with tubes, we catch them with drop shots, you can catch them with crankbaits. But it's a, a lot of the times it's a finesse bite. I mean, you got to throw spinning rods, light line. But when the wind's blowing like that, you just don't have much choice. And, you know, spinnerbait's hard to beat. And, um, you know, we didn't catch the numbers that I'd like to, to catch, but we caught the size. I mean, we had, you know, uh, hand, uh, quite a few, you know, a bunch of four and five pounders mm-hmm. and, and uh, Jerry caught one that was, you know, well, well over six pounds. And, wow. you know, seven-pound smallmouth is just a rare, rare thing. And, uh, you know, you have a good opportunity to do that. So we caught some really big ones. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great time in northern Michigan. But if I had to pick one place and, and one bait, it would have to be Lake St. Clair because from, from May – Till now, you can always catch them on a spinnerbait over there. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, I grew up in the northern part of Virginia, and, Kevin, I, I had a uh, uh, welded aluminum jet boat, you know, with the outboard yeah. jet oh, motor. Yeah. And so I fished a lot in the upper Potomac, and my favorite place to go to uh, catch and fish was the Susquehanna, Susquehanna River in Pennsylvania. And my favorite time of year and my favorite bait was springtime when the water was pretty high and throwing a spinnerbait. And that smallmouth bite, like you said, boy, you throw that spinner bait up current and then bring it down through some ripple. And as soon as it hit that dead spot right behind a rock or something, the bite was amazing. Yeah, they just, uh, they straighten your arm out, that's for sure. <laughs> Kevin, I, I, I grew up in, in Florida. And when I was growing up, all, all I did was bass fish. I mean, I, I mean, I had the, the BASS hat, you know, and I mean, I, it, it, it was interesting. But when I was growing up, the the number one bait, the only thing that I ever used was an eight inch plastic worm. I mean, I, I'd have a pocket full of plastic worms and, yep. and and a couple weights and 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 four or five weedless hooks. I mean, that that was my tackle box, you know. And and to this day, I mean, I, I actually have a little piece of property in Georgia. I have a five acre pond. The number one bait that 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 we throw is is a plastic worm. I mean, do you still find that? Well, you know, it's a it's a confidence thing, and if you're going to fish in Florida, and and we do quite a bit, yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat a plastic worm. You got all, you know, because of the vegetation. Right. I mean, our lakes in Michigan are a lot like Florida. There's a lot, you know, they're 
There's a lot of natural lakes that are shallow. They're weedy. They got a lot of pads in them. They got a lot of milfoil, coontail, grass, and things like that. And and Florida's the same way. But uh, you know, I mean, you can always catch them with a plastic worm every day, day in, day out, all year long, because it's something that you can fish from top to bottom. And uh, you know, I would say that it's still one of the top top baits out there. The the difference is is there times when the conditions dictate that, hey, you can throw, um, you know, a, a red-eye shad or a spinner bait or mm-hmm. a frog or things like that that are going to be more efficient at covering more water and, and catching more bass. And it's not that one bait's better than another. It's just that you grew up with a, a plastic worm. You got a lot of confidence in it. When I was a kid, the, the thing that I did, I watched Virgil Ward, and I started out with a Bass Buster Beetle spin, and my love for spinner baits is, is just <laughs> right. That's never what dwindled, I proved. That's know? awesome. So, yeah. You know, it's so, funny you should you know, say it's, that. It's, it's, it's funny because it's all in, you know, how you're brought up, and, you know, it's like I, I grew up in Michigan, so I think this is the greatest place in the world. You grew up in Florida. You think it's, mm-hmm. it's the greatest place. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, that comfort zone and, and things like that. Day in, day out, there's no wrong answer as far as to what bait you should be using because if you got more confidence in one lure than another, that's the one you should be throwing anyways. You know, I mean, you're going to fish it better, and chances are you're going to catch more fish with it. All right, hey, uh, hey, hey Kevin, it's funny. You, you, yeah. Kevin talks about these plastic worms. One of a good friend of ours, Peter T., you know him very well. Oh, yeah, really well. Yeah, Peter T. and I have fished uh, quite a few times down here in Florida, and his favorite bait of choice is a June bug-colored worm. Yep. Yeah, wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and he's had some show. Hey, Kevin, we got to take a break. Uh, you got time to stick with us for another segment? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Great. More with the man who uh, many consider the number one angler in the world, the rock star of fishing, Kevin Van Dam, next on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a turkey hunter, we've all been there. You're on your eighth day of hunting the same gobbler, and every morning he's made you look silly. Your kids think you've lost your mind. Your wife's beginning to wonder if you're really turkey hunting. You keep telling yourself this morning will be different. Conditions are perfect. 45 degrees, very little wind, and there is no moon. As you sit in the dark, your eyes get heavy. With your eyes closed, the whippoorwills keep you awake. And just before the sun rises, the familiar song of the cardinal catches your attention because you know it won't be long until the game begins. You've decided this morning to be quiet. Just let him gobble on the roost. Just after daybreak, he does just that. You know it's him because his gobble is way too familiar. It's all you can do not to call back. You hear him fly down, and then you hear the hen start to call. You make one soft call and get the gun ready. First you see a hen, then all you see is a swinging beard. He comes into view, and you fold him up. This morning, you guessed right. What a cool feeling. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel because at Hunt Life, They know it's all about the outdoors experience. Visit them at HuntLife.com. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at MossyOak.com. Breakup Infinity for Mossy Oak, it's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and I got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now 
if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. To the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kirk Waltz, and Kevin Favor, and our special guest, who's a four time Bassmaster Classic title winner and seven time Angler of the Year, mm. Mr. Kevin Van Dam. Now, uh, Kevin, according to your bio, you've got two twin boys. How old are they? Uh, they're 14. Oh, man, it's perfect, perfect. age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, to, get, uh... to get them involved in the outdoors, do you take them hunting? Oh, yeah. You know what? They they grew up around uh, bass fishing and that, and they, they love fishing, but um, they're definitely, I think, more passionate about hunting right now. And it's that season, too. So we've been we've been shooting bows, and uh, and uh, we've got a trip planned later in the, in the year to go down to South Texas uh, for a kind of a combination whitetail, hog, everything, javelina, bobcat, <laughs> quail, you know, kind of a kind of a fun trip down there, too, but... Uh, and, and shoot, we were just down a few weeks ago down in the Keys, uh, caught some sharks and some tarpon and a uh, bunch of snapper and things like that. For and uh, and they dove for lobster, so they've had a big summer and they're looking forward to a big fall. Well, it, it's funny when when we talk to different folks in the outdoor industry. You know, if you talk to a professional hunter, you know, one of their favorite things to do is fish. <laughs> when you talk to a professional fisherman, you know, Hank Parker, for example, we had Hank on uh, about a month ago, I guess, and. Obviously, he's seriously involved in in the hunting industry and, and loves to do it. And and where you live at in Michigan, what's the name of that buck that they killed up there in Michigan that was just an absolute giant? Oh yeah, that uh, Mitch Rampola shot that one. Shot one. There. Oh, it was just, huge. Yeah, you know you, we've we've got some pretty good deer, but our tracks of land are real small, and it's just. It's not like out in Kansas where you got thousands of acres and it's you know private. I mean, two hundred acres is a big tract of land, and a, and a mature deer just you know he covers so much ground, so it's it's hard for him to get to age. But we've got a lot of deer, and uh, it makes for pretty good hunting. You know, I mean, uh, you know, last year my, I think my boys with uh, between between does and uh, and bucks, I think they shot three apiece. Nice, <laughs> very so cool. So they're into it, and and uh, we're about to get started. Our, actually, uh, let me think. It's about uh, next Saturday is the our we have a special youth season, and that kicks off that kicks off deer season. And bow season starts October first. So, and we go to through uh, till till uh, January first. So, nice. pretty long season and a lot of opportunities. Ha- have your boys killed anything with a bow yet? Yeah, actually, I was. Uh, you know, with my son Jackson last year, when he killed his first one with a bow, it was nice. just a just a six pointer. But uh, to him, it was like a Boone and Crockett. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, there's no question. Yeah, so, it was an awesome time for for both of us. So, do you have a hunting ground up there in Michigan too that that, that you got close by? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I've got a, a place about five minutes from our house that uh, that you know we we try to do the best job we can. You know, we we plant food plots and. And uh, try to manage the everything for for deer and turkeys. We got a lot of turkeys too, and that's another thing is we really uh, springtime's turkey season, and you know it's a busy time for me fishing. But you know, we had a we had a, our best year ever this year, where all three of us um, were able to get a gobbler, and all of us, all three of us, were all together for all three of them. So that that was pretty uh, wow. pretty awesome time. 
Where, yeah. where, did you start at, did you, uh, growing up as a kid, obviously you fished and you wanted to, to catch fish growing up. Did you start out at that same age hunting or, or did you get into it later? No, um, you know, my dad, um, was, was really a big small game hunter more than anything at first. And, and, and he deer hunted, you know, just for, just for our gun season. We just have a two week firearm season here in Michigan, but he was not a big deer hunter, but just, you know, I'd, I'd walk along with him and my older brother when they, uh, went pheasant and rabbit hunting and things like that. And, and, um, you know, I'd wait for my dad to come back from his deer camp each year and things like that to see if he got one or not. And, <laughs> and so I, I started actually deer hunting when I was 12, which was the legal age in Michigan and, um, you know, with a bow and I've been doing it ever since. So, I mean, my dad's one that really got me into the outdoors all the way around. Um, you know, he took me, believe it or not, ice fishing when I was three years old, he took me along with him out on the ice and, uh, and I didn't do probably do a lot of fishing. I probably just walked around and, <clears throat> you know, bothered all the other guys on the ice. But, you know, I, I think kids are all intrigued with the outdoors. They love water especially. And, and uh, you know, I, I was definitely one that was drawn to it. I mean, that's all I wanted to do growing up is fish or, or hunt. Well, and, Kevin, you said Michigan, you weren't allowed to legally hunt until you were 12 years old. Has that law changed in Michigan or is it the same, the same it, way? Now you you know um, it's actually ten that you can um, take hunter you have to take hunter safety which I think is is really important and uh, you know I started even younger than that you know before I, I had a friend of mine whose whose dad really taught us a lot about gun safety and about hunting and that and I I think you know every every um, child is is a little bit different some mature a little earlier than others and you know it should really be up to the parents but. Legally now you can you can actually start at ten in Michigan, um, and uh, you know so that's I had my boys the way their birthday fell um, take hunter safety when they were ten and uh, and we've been small game hunting and deer and turkey since then so we've uh, uh, got into it and you know they're physically much more mature now and a lot stronger and uh, really really uh, have the patience. To, to sit out there in a deer stand and, and that, you know, early on, it was more about action. You know, we'd go rabbit hunting or uh, duck hunting, things like that, where you didn't have to quite sit as still and be as quiet, you know, for the most part. Now they've kind of got that down, and uh, they're uh, they're pretty good at that deer hunting. <laughs> oh, and I, I've got an 11-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, so and Kevin's got 14, uh, three, three kids and has kind of gone through all that, too, and but I just wish that, that that all the states would kind of get on par with at least having some type of mentorship program where we could get our kids active in hunting before certain ages instead of putting an age limit on it. Just, hey, l- l- let people take their kids hunting at it. I mean, my son killed one at eight, Kevin. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, yep. anyway, that, that, yep. that's no, a whole I'm, other I'm story. with you. I'm with you completely. It, it, it really, the state doesn't know how old um a a person should be to hunt i think you know the parent um is a much better judge of that and so i'm right there with you on that you know there's no doubt but uh you know kids love the outdoors it's it's a great place to spend time together and uh create bonds that uh you know will help kids a lot later in life and and, you know if you you know I, i was fortunate to get involved in in fishing and hunting at an early age and I didn't think about anything else. It kept me out of trouble. So, you know, and it's it's pretty hard to beat. As you know, most of the people that I know in, in fishing and the outdoors, there's a lot of really good people there, and uh, and I think it has something to do with, with
with that upbringing. And, folks, we're talking with pro bass fisherman Kevin Van Dam. And, Kevin, uh, you talked about Kansas, or the land of the giants, I guess you could say. So when when do you go there? Um, I'm leaving, actually, Monday. Uh, The the season opens on Monday. I've got a a charity event that we're kind of announcing. I'm working with the Detroit Lions, and we're going to do a bass tournament in the spring. So I'm taking my boys to to the Lions game Sunday and uh, should be flying to Kansas that then to be there for opening morning but uh I'm going to I'm going to fly out there Monday and uh, and hunt that week there and you know normally in the past I've gone out there for rifle season which is in December and uh you know it, to to do it but uh this year I'm going to take my kids to Texas during that same time while I would normally go to Kansas so you know I'm 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 really looking forward to that but I I've gone out there Gosh, I think it's my. Uh, this will be my fifth time, fifth year of hunting in Kansas, in a row, and it's a pretty special place. The biggest deer I've ever killed was there, and uh, boy, I've seen some, seen seen a lot of really nice deer out there for sure. All right, Kevin, I, I I'm sitting here and I'm looking at your website, KevinVanDam.com. Yep. I click on sponsors, and I'm looking to see a bow sponsor, a rest sponsor, <clears throat> and uh, a uh, broadhead sponsor, and I don't see it. So what does Kevin Van Dam take to the woods for bow hunting? What type um, of bow and rest and broadhead? You know, I shoot a, um, a PSE. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've, uh, I've shot one for, for quite a few years. And, I mean, they just, there's so many good bows out there now. But this, uh, I've got a dream season uh, PSE right now that is just, it, it's stunning to me. I got a new one this year, and I, I'm just amazed at how, they continually improve these bows. I mean, it shoots better than I do, but um, I actually have it set up um, by some of the guys from PSE, and they tell me that for the particular bow that I got, as fast as it shoots, that for a hunting rest, that whisker biscuit is the best thing to to shoot. So that's what I'm shooting on it. Um, I've got a regular um, uh, pin sight. I just shoot a single pin. a tritium sight, though, so you can shoot good in low light. I shoot a peep and a mechanical release and the whole deal. And uh, I'm shooting Hank's broadheads, you know, the, that Schwacker broadhead. Schwacker, yep. Yeah, it's, it's the best I've ever seen. Um, you know, there's a, I, th- I think there's, you know, so technology has really helped the archery industry in the, in the last five years. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good products out there, but, gosh, it, it just that setup really, really works for me real well. And, uh, I don't have a bunch of hunting sponsors. You know, I mean, Hank's a good friend of mine, and you see how he made the transition from fishing into hunting because he, he's a passionate whitetail hunter. I mean, he's more into it than than fishing, I would, you know, I would say. I mean, they him and his boys, they, they do it together. It's something they can, uh, you know, and they're, and they're doing it for TV, you know, so, I mean, they're getting paid to do it. But um, I've also got a, you know, really good relationship with the guys at Primos. Uh, I mean, they make, to me, the best calls, and, and they've got the best, uh, accessory products out there. I mean, as far as scent elimination and that, I'm I'm a whitetail fanatic. I mean, I I live at 365 uh, with the job that I have being a professional fisherman. I don't get the time to to spend in the woods. So for me, you know, food plots, trail cameras, mineral supplements, uh, you know, all the extra gear, you know, calling and that it, it's it's a big deal. So of part of the experience, you know, if I didn't have trail cameras. It, it it would make it not near as much fun because 
you know, they're out there hunting when I'm off doing TV shows or I'm on a, you know, on a promotional uh, appearance, things like that. So I can come back, check those cameras and know that, you know, there's a deer out there that, uh, that excites me or, or whatever, especially I'll tell you, my kids, they just, you know, we, we've been checking them here for the last couple of weeks and, and we've got some pretty decent deer, um, that we found. So, so we've got a hit list, you know, that we're looking for and oh, they're, yeah. just, they're mm-hmm. fired up for the season. You know I mean? It just really gets your blood going. Well, Kevin, I'm sure this is a little bit different than most interviews you've done. I mean, here you are, a pro bass fisherman. It's not often you probably get to do an interview and talk hunting. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I talk hunting all day long. <laughs> sure. So. Sure. Well, they, thanks for spending the time with us this morning, Kevin, and, and best of luck to you for deer season and, and the upcoming uh, bass tournament trail. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. Good luck to you guys, too. And there's Kevin Van Dam, the number, number one angler in the world, and Whitetail Fanatic on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Connections. That's what life is really all about. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories, information, and insight with hunters from all over the world. You'll find useful information on equipment, outfitters, and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods. At HuntLife.com, you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences. You can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the Hunt Life Outdoor Show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the Hunt Life shop. Hats, shirts, decals, and more. Become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And join the online fraternity of hunters. Connect with us at HuntLife.com. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jake's women in the outdoors and wheeling sportsmen. They want to be the best conservation organization in the world.
back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Hey, and uh, Hunt Life has a big October planned uh, for you on Facebook. It's the Racktober Contest. Post the best rack photo you've got, and you could win prizes from Academy Sports and Outdoors, Hunt Life, and more. Visit Hunt Life on Facebook. And we're back in the... Kevin Van Dam is a, I mean, he really is rock star fishing. Sure. I mean, they don't sure. get any bigger than him. Well, and just the amount of humility that he portrays both on the screen Love and him. on the radio. Yeah. Love him. I mean, yeah. The guy seems like a really nice guy. It, it, Real nice guy. Isn't it amazing? Ultra competitive. Isn't it amazing that, and Kirk, you and I basically run charters for a living. How many people fish? That hunt or hunt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable that as many trips as I do a year, as many trips as you, I mean, hunting comes up. I mean, you know, and, and Kevin Van Dam, I mean, I really never would have thought that we were going to sit here and talk a little hunting no. with, with Kevin Van Dam, but man, did you listen to his passion about it? Yeah, yeah. it's into it. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, that, you know, we're a syndicated radio show. Right. I mean, and, but there's two common themes that pretty much stretch across all boundaries in the country. That's whitetails yep. and bass. <laughs> you're right. No. I mean, right? Absolutely. No, you're right. No, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, everybody grew up, you know, fishing a farm pond or fishing, right. you know, a river trying to catch bass. And I mean, that that's what I grew up doing. And heck, I remember as a kid growing up and, you know, my dad didn't fish much, mm-hmm. really not at all. But I mean, he took us as kids, you know, and he'd take us to all these little ponds off the roads and, you know, friends of ours Wasn't that, that had awesome? a pond. And man, those were some of the best days of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and for, for for a guy like Kevin Van Dam to, to grow up and probably in the same fashion, you know, just as he said, his dad was taking him hunting and took him fishing and to grow up and to be able to do something that as a kid you just absolutely loved i mean what living the dream sure yeah. living the dream but i remember i'm mean, heck when i was a kid growing up catching a 14 inch bass was just i mean that was the ultimate absolutely you know, and then was, when i finally yeah. caught my biggest bass ever which was like a like a six pound bass I'll, I'll never forget that day. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And it was, it's a cool story. Saturday morning, I overslept and missed high school football practice. Oh, for you, overslept. that's big. That's right. big for you. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. you just don't do that. My mom and dad didn't even know we had football practice. And I, I mean, I'd literally run it out to the field, you know, and we were already half an hour into the walk through the day after the game. And I, coach, I'm so sorry I overslept. You know, mom and dad didn't know that I, we had practice today. And so anyway, I, I felt terrible. You know, so what did I do? I went bass fishing that day, <laughs> and I caught my biggest bass ever. But, I mean, and it, it was on. It's interesting. Guess Correct. what I caught it on, Kevin? A rubber worm. A purple worm. rubber right. worm. All right, real, real here's mine. Eight-pounder. And, and, and I was I, I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I fished in Ponte Vedra Lagoons. I grew up fishing there, okay? So I go home with this thing on my handlebars, all right? <laughs> and, and I didn't live that far from the – it was on my handlebars. So I run into the house, and I fill up the tub. <laughs> and I, and, and I put it in the tub. I'm keeping it alive because I oh wanted my, my dad to see it. Well, my parents were gone. Okay. Well, I fall asleep and the bass is in the tub <laughs> and it's swimming around. Well, my mom goes in there to, to do her business, to, to do her business and take a bath when she gets home. And dude, this blood curling stream comes from the bathroom. Ah. And she's like, what is in my bathroom? Oh my God, my dad. That's hilarious. And, and my dad comes in there and grabs me out of bed. He's like, man, it's the biggest bass I've ever seen. And it, He's it all was, fired it up. was a family thing. Mom's not happy. Mom is not happy, brother. Oh my God. So anyway, and that's the only, to this day, it's the only bass that, since, that I have killed. And I had mounted, and everything else I've always released. All right, good bass stories. <laughs> yeah. Growing up. All right, we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit of uh, history for ourselves. 
first bass baits ever used because uh, mm. Kevin Van Dam, I mean, heck, he's got sponsors and everything, a million different baits. But I want to know what you guys used when you first I, started I, out as kids bass fishing. I, and I can tell you the real. I know exactly what I used. And we'll do that yep. right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby, it's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And during the week, you can visit our website, HuntLife.com. It's getting better and better. We've got uh, info on upcoming shows. You can actually listen to past shows, the Babe Winkleman's, the Hank Parker's, etc. You can get involved in the Hunt Life community. And then we've got video, blogs, photos, and more. All right, let's go back a little bit in time. Yeah. Because, you know, early days of bass fishing, you know, since we just had Kevin Van Dam on. And I, I remember growing up as a kid... Probably one of the first baits that I ever used. First of all, was a beetle spin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Every young kid had sure. a beetle spin in their bag. The other one was a MEP spinner with the little minnow mm-hmm. on the back uh-huh. end. And then the greatest bait of all may have been the plastic worm that had two hooks and the propeller, and it came pre-rigged. Absolutely. Did you guys have that? Oh, Dude, yeah. And, 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 God, they were so expensive. You know, oh, they were. I mean, and, and it was like, Mom, please, all, all I need is just, just that bait right that there. That bait <laughs> right there, and I can catch bass like those guys on TV. Right. Okay, when you were young, you got to tell me, what real? What were you throwing? You know, Kevin, it's funny. Uh, my first one was the old Zebco, the enclosed one. Okay, my, mine was a Zebco 33. 33. I wore them out. Yep. I mean, just, just to the point where the they... the push button? <laughs> I had the same thing. Yeah. The, the black one, you the know? The black one, yeah. And, and, then, and then the dream was to get a Mitchell... 306 or a 305. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah. If you were cool, you had a Mitchell spinning reel. Mine was yep. a, mine, the spinning reel of choice for me was the the, uh, the Cardinal. Uh-huh. I don't even know who made it. 
It was a Carter. Maybe it was Abu Garcia. Do you remember the damn quick? The Mitchell damn yeah. quick? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that was a spinning and spinning reel. That was the name of it, a damn quick. I got I got so many stories that, 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 that come back to memory. Oh, dude. From oh, I got the funniest one. We had a clear water pond in a new community we moved into when I was 12 years old. Oh, that's it was, beautiful. It, it, and it was a huge <laughs> track of maybe uh, 100 acres that only had like 10 houses in it. And the pond was so clear, you'd do anything to catch those bass. And I can't tell you how many minutes mid-mornings I went down there to try to catch those fish, and the guy that lived on the pond had two big giant poodles. The poodles <laughs> the would poodles. come down there and chase me out at the crack of dawn, and that guy would call my mom and go, hey, your son's down here fishing in my pond again. And my mom, are you down there? No, uh, well, uh, yeah, you'd better not go down there again. Hey, did, did you guys ever try the, the scents, the bar soap scent for fish? No. no you never, never had that? Never no, tried never that. Oh, they had a bar soap. You lather it up, uh-huh. and then wipe wipe it on your bait. Wow, you would buy anything. Oh, anything. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'll never forget. We actually it was me and the Croson boys. There was like four of them. Lived uh-huh. Two two doors down. They grew up in the country and they moved to to, to the suburban neighborhood. And we fished all the time. Yep. We actually did a test. You know, at oh, eight years old, test, we did yeah. a test. We'd take that bar soap and lube up one of the baits, and then the other guy he'd just use nothing. And we'd throw them out side by side. And I'm gonna tell you that bar soap, it worked every time. Did it stink? Oh, it stung. <laughs> it, st- it stung. I can see that in the awesome. wash now. Jeff, what's that smell yeah. in your clothes? Oh, the memories yeah. of, awesome the, of the early days of bass fishing right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Stay tuned next week. You know, who knows who we'll have? Absolutely. No Kevin telling. Van Dam, Babe Winkleman. Uh, there's hey, no telling who's gonna, who we're going to have next year yeah. on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Everybody have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.